exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? And that last play by the Giants totally gave the rest. This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS game. Still and always will be hockey time. Fire Leland. You can't hit in this league. You're garbage. I'm Alex Sharg. Happy Monday once again. It's the last show of the spring semester. NFL draft analysis, NBA playoffs, and Adrian Payne is back. All this and more. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. And welcome to the show right here on 88.9 FM. I'm Alex Sharg. Same time, same place. Every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap. If it is your first time tuning in, if you have not listened before, if you're not really accustomed to what the show entails, let me tell you how it works. We start with MSU Sports first and with the NFL Draft, a lot of Spartans take in. Uh, there's a lot of MSU basketball news going on right now with Adrian Payne coming back. How good will this team be next year? We're going to cover that just to start off the show. And then as we move on a little bit further in the show, towards the towards the next half hour, we get into local sports. That's your Detroit Pistons, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, we get a little bit into uh, some Detroit Lions, especially with the draft. We'll probably start talking about that right at the beginning of the show. And then we jump to national. And our goon of the week this week is definitely some pretty big national news. You'll find it at the front of CNN. And you'll find it at the front of most news sources. And no, it's not Jason Collins, but it's somebody associated with with him. I'll tell you who that Goon of the Week is and why at 7.55. We have listeners as far as San Jose State University in Miami, Florida. We are a nationally listened station right here on Impact 89 FM. We'd like to thank those who do support us if you're outside outside the state of Michigan. Uh, and even if you're not in your car, if you're not in the mid-Michigan area, you can also listen online at impact89fm.org. You can listen anywhere you are in the world. Uh, so if you are across overseas, if you are in another country you can stream us online just go to the website click on the listen live now um listen live now panel and you'll be able to stream the spartan sports app same time same place each week again i'm alex sharg we also have a special guest each week past guests on the spartan sports app have included clarissa bell guard for the michigan state spartans we've had dan dickerson on here he was here just a few weeks ago brian calloway was just here last week uh michigan state uh, reporter for the Lansing State Journal. And this week, I always like to save him for the beginning and the end of each semester. Josh Mansour, MSU State News reporter, will be joining us at 7.15 to talk about some Spartans in the draft, a little bit about some NFL draft analysis, and the future of the Michigan State Spartan basketball team. So I'm excited to have Josh as he graduates this year. And if you've been following him throughout the year, if you've been covering his beats, we're going to ask Josh where he's headed next and what is in the works for his plans. Uh, so we'll definitely wait to see what Josh is up to at 715. Uh, alongside with our usual, we have our special guest each week. We have a score of the week, and we actually are holding that off a little bit until the Impact Sports team is formed. But like I said, uh, throughout the next coming weeks, throughout the summer, you will slowly see a progression in Impact Sports. Uh, there might be a change to this show, uh, a new show maybe coming at this time slot, uh, a more improved, in-depth feature show that you will definitely want to hear. Content that you hear first and fresh 
we'll give it to you from 7 to 8 right here. So definitely stay tuned in coming weeks. We'll be here from 7 to 8 each week. Stay tuned to what is going on with this with the Spartan Sport Trap and Impact Sports is what will newly be formed soon. So definitely keep your ears tuned to what's going on with that. Uh, but like I said, score of the week, we are going to hold off on that uh, for future weeks until we get everything going. So definitely keep your ears open. But alongside with score of the week and our in our special guests each week, we also have our Chad Ocho Zero segment, which we start off with every show. And it's ironic that the last Chad Ocho Zero segment uh, is ending off with some pretty positive news because it is Chad Ocho Zero. It's Chad Johnson, the wide receiver, former of the the, the Cincinnati Bengals, who now is jobless and also has had a variety of different distractions and obstacles for him to come through uh, this off season, quote unquote. But yes, Chad Ocho Zero segment, he's actually finally making some good noise. And each week we basically give you the update of what Chad Johnson is up to. And Chad Johnson actually was responsible recently for taking a homeless guy to Urban Outfitters and taking him on a little shopping spree. So Chad Johnson showing some good deeds, uh, basically uh, showing to the community, giving back on why maybe he cares about every single person on this on this earth. And, and I'm just looking, if, if you really want to look at what Chad Johnson bought for this guy off the street, uh, you can find this on ftw.usatoday.com. Uh, it's Chad Johnson took a homeless guy to Urban Outfitters. That's the column from Nick Schwartz. And yeah, uh, Chad Johnson tweeted this just following. He said, quote, Homeless dude asked for a beer. I bought him a case of a 24 and a pack of Newports. We ballin' together. Uh, he also went on to talk about how he gave a guy a G-Shock watch he had in the car. And he also took him to... Uh, uh, urban uh, urban outfitters and bought him some jeans he bought him uh, uh, a couple shirts uh, basically taking this guy out so pretty nice to see Chad Johnson giving back uh, showing some good in the community and with all the offseason distractions and if you have not heard in past weeks uh, Evelyn Lozada's daughter who was Chad Johnson's previous wife uh, was tweeting about how how horrible of a guy Chad Johnson was to his to her mom uh, also, in, in past weeks, Chad, Don- Chad Johnson attempted to take a Twitter break, but then it only took him one day to get back into it. He has a domestic abuse case against his ex-wife, Evelyn Lozada. He was also taken to the FBI for a, an accusation in a sex tape. This guy was also seen potentially, uh, potentially cheating on his wife with other women. And he also is still looking for a job, rumored to maybe go to Houston with Andre Johnson, maybe rumored to go back to Miami, uh, but nothing in the works or in the folds for Chad Johnson as of now. So the Chad Ocho Zero segment this week makes some good noise as Chad Johnson gives back to a homeless man by taking him to Urban Outfitters for a shopping spree. But another thing to note about Chad Johnson this week is that Tyler Eifert, who was selected in the NFL draft by the Cincinnati Bengals, is going to be wearing Chad's number 85 jersey as he kicks off his rookie season. So that's a pretty big announcement because it, it is argumentative, but you may think that that number 85 jersey was going to belong to Chad Johnson for as long as the Cincinnati Bengals were in existence. But it shows this week that Chad Johnson has been 
moved from that number 85 legacy in the Cincinnati Bengals organization, and they are giving it to Tyler Eifert to maybe create his own. Uh, I wonder how Tyler Eifert feels about wearing Chad Johnson's jersey. No one really has asked him the question yet on what he feels about wearing a former receiving legend for this team, but I'm sure next week we'll get to cap off what Tyler Eifert has to say about wearing the same jersey as Chad Johnson. But if you think that Chad Johnson deserves to have this number 85 jersey, is this a Hall of Fame wide receiver? Is this a legacy wide receiver? 517-432-3893 is the number for the rest of the show. Uh, you can also tweet at us at 89FM Sports Chat. We will take your tweets uh and also we will respond to them as they come in. But like I said, at 7.15, Josh Mansour, former former state news reporter who just graduated, will be joining us uh, to talk about some good analysis and more. Uh, but just to give you a short rundown of what to expect on today's show before Josh joins us in about five minutes, at 7.10 in just a minute from now, uh, actually, it's just striking 7:10, but we'll start it in talking about the NFL draft and what the Lions did. We'll talk about some Spartans that were drafted as well, and then about 7:30, we'll get into MSU basketball. 7:35, we'll get into the Detroit Red Wings playoff hunt as they face Anaheim and not Chicago. We'll talk about the Detroit Tigers at around 7:43 on how they basically surprisingly swept the Atlanta Braves in first place this weekend. But was it a surprise? Did you maybe see this in the forecast? Uh, I'd love to hear from you. You know the number. And then at 7.50, we'll get into the NBA playoffs. And then, of course, capping off the show at 7.55, we have our Goon of the Week. So we'll get to that and a lot more at 7.55. And we actually are at the Spartan Sport Trap saying goodbye to a very beloved producer who's been with us for a very long time. We'll get into who that is and his impact here on the Spartan Sports Trap at around 7.58. But <clears throat> before we have Josh Mansour, uh, like I said, it's time to talk about what happened in this NFL draft this past weekend. If you are a Spartan fan, and if you thought that Le'Veon Bell could have been a first-round pick, unfortunately you were wrong, because Le'Veon Bell uh, did not go in the first round. He actually was selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, later in the NFL draft. He was on day two. Uh, but alongside with Le'Veon Bell... Uh, some other Spartans that were drafted were Deion Sims in the fourth round by the Miami Dolphins. Will Golson was also selected in the fourth round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then Johnny Adams, Anthony Rashad White, Chris McDonald, uh, cornerback Mitchell White, kicker Dan Conroy, Larry Caper. They were all free agents. They were not selected in the NFL draft. But some news coming out. Uh, a couple days ago from Mike Griffith from MLive, Johnny Adams, the two-time All-Big Ten selection, was signed as a free agent by the Houston Texans and other Spartans like Chris McDonald, Anthony Rashad White were also signed. Anthony Rashad White actually went to Pittsburgh and Chris McDonald went to that New England Patriots team that has had that consistent legacy for many years in the NFL but there are some Spartans that still have not been signed. Like I said, Mitchell White, Dan Conroy, Larry Caper are among the few that have still not been signed. But Chris McDonald, Anthony Rashad White, and Johnny Adams all receiving good news on their end as they are picked up by a couple NFL teams. So they'll have their chance. They'll have their chance to prove themselves like they did at their strong, their strong performances here that they gave to us as Spartans. 
But if you think that, uh, let's let's just have a little poll. If you think that between Johnny Adams, Anthony Rashad White, and Chris McDonald, which of these three has the best shot of making their team? Is it going to be uh, Chris McDonald on New England? I mean, is it just the fact that he's an offensive lineman and an offensive lineman can always be used? Does Anthony Rashad White have a better chance of making the team on Pittsburgh with fellow Spartan Le'Veon Bell, who was drafted by them in the second round? Or are you going to go with Johnny Adams? Does Johnny Adams, who's been working very hard this offseason, have a better chance to make the Houston Texans organization? 517-432-3893 is the number. If you'd like to comment on anything during the show, feel free to send us a tweet at 89FM Sportstrap. If you'd like to comment on anything that we've been talking about, any tweet about who is going to have the, the best chance of making a team... Uh, uh, as they are signed as free agents. But in about a minute from now, we'll be joined by Josh Mansour as we recap this, this NFL draft and what the Spartans have been doing. And we'll ask we'll ask Josh the same exact question. Which Spartan between Adams, McDonald, and Anthony Rashad White has the best chance to be signed by their team? We'll hear from Josh in just a minute. But like I said, the Lions making a splash in the NFL draft. The Rumorville had it that they may have selected an offensive lineman. And as soon as Luke Jokel, Luke Jokel, as soon as is the Central Michigan's Eric Fisher, and as soon as Lane Johnson from Oklahoma, as soon as those three linemen were off the board, the Lions were left with a flux. A flux, a parody, a whole bunch of different options for them to select from. And who do they select? Isaac Kiel Ansah the defensive end from BYU, and he actually is the highest selected defensive end, well, actually highest selected player out of BYU since Jim McMahon. So on some making a splash, this is a guy who obviously has not played much football as we talked about on the show in previous weeks. I want to hear from you. 517-432-3893. What are the chances that Ansa creates a legacy here as a Lion? Does he get traded within the first three years? Is this a guy that's going to be injury-prone? It's two years uh, of college experience. Is that enough for Ansa to have a predominant role in the NFL? Well, going into the draft, this guy had one of the highest ceilings. This guy was featured on Sports Science. His, his, his explosiveness, his intensity, the way that he tackles guys is, is enormous. His skills are enormous compared to many other defensive ends in this draft. He was the first one selected. Now, does that mean that this guy has a higher ceiling than most players in this draft? I want to hear from you. Send us a tweet to at 89FM Sportsrap as well. But let's hear from an expert who actually is a graduate as of this week. Josh Mansour, State News former reporter, is now with us on the Spartan Sports app. And Josh, no better way to start the show, to end the show. We do it every semester. As someone who I've known for many years, I love having you on the show here. Uh, welcome, Josh. Uh, I first want to hear from you about this NFL draft from some of the Lions selections. Let's start with Ansa. What what is your prediction for Ansa, Josh? From what you've seen, from what you've studied, on what kind of role Ansa will have here as a Detroit Lion? Well, I think the biggest thing for him is you know he he is raw, he is inexperienced, uh, but he's working with some of the best defensive line coaches in football. I mean, he's working with Jim Washburn, uh, who took a young Javon Curse and made him you know an All Pro player. Uh, he's working with Jim Schwartz, who took a, an undrafted or excuse me a, a lowly thought of Kyle Vandebosch who'd been cut quickly into his career and made him an All Pro. Uh, so the Lions have a bunch of very good 
defensive line coaches. Gunther Cunningham's been in the league for for forever. So I think that he'll have as much of an opportunity as anyone with his natural ability to become an all-pro caliber player. The question is really, are the Lions scouting him effectively? They got to see him at the Senior Bowl. They saw him firsthand what he has. Uh, But if he has it in him, I think they'll be able to get him out of it. Right. And of course, aside from the fact that, yes, Look at Curse. Look what he's done. Look at Jim Schwartz. This is a defensive guy. He may have the tools with him right there. But from a lot of analysis, from what I've been hearing, Josh, it seems that this was a draft that the Lions selected players based off potential with a lot of ceiling. Let's look at besides with Ziggy Anza. Let's go to the other side of the ball and look at Devin uh, at the same side of the ball, same position, and look at Devin Taylor, South Carolina defensive end in the fourth round. I mean, this is a guy with a lot of physical tools. Uh, does this guy, basically, with the loss of Vandenbosch, is this guy that's going? Is this a guy that's going to immediately jump in at defensive end like Ansa and have an impact, or does he have a lot of work to do in the weight room as well? This is a guy that worries me, uh, to be honest with you, just because of the fact that he's playing alongside. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, who's, who's the most impressive defensive force in college football, and yet wasn't able to dominate. I, I, w- I would think that with as much attention as Clowney got from opposing teams, uh, that he would have been able to go ahead and really be able to make plays against some of the, the team's worst offensive linemen, and yet that didn't really happen. He, he had very limited back numbers. And so I really question, uh, he, he's going to be getting significantly more attention against significantly better offensive linemen in the NFL what kind of player he can be because he didn't do it on a lower level with a lot less attention. That's a great point. Now, if you are listening to the show, 517-432-3893, are you as scared about Devin Taylor as Josh Mansour is, former State News reporter, 517-432-3893? Alongside with, yes, Devin Taylor and Ansa Josh, uh, let's jump to some of these other selections that the Lions made. Of course, you have the Mississippi State corner, and of course, you have a couple other guys, some smaller school guys, like a punter out of Appalachian State. Uh, But like I said, Darius Slay, uh, this was a guy that ha- may have been debated because who was left on the board when they selected Slay? Tyron Matthew, another player at his position with some great playmaking ability. So, Josh, uh, before we jump to a caller on the line, I want to hear from you about Darius Slay. Uh, do you agree? Maybe sure they have selected a Tyron Matthew. Uh, was this the right pick at this time? I mean, it's a, it's a tough call to make, but I think I like the Slay pick. I know he's coming off a meniscus injury. Uh, but I like it just because he does have, have those natural gifts. I mean, he is unbelievably fast. I think the fastest corner at the combine, uh, and he does have good size for corner at six feet tall. So he's got those measurables. I, I think he's someone you want to take a chance on. Absolutely. 517-432-3893. Uh, we do have a caller on the line along with Josh, but we'll jump to him actually as soon as we're done with this interview. But Josh, uh, of course, alongside with Darius Slay and of course a couple other players, let's talk about some MSU Spartans who were drafted as well. Uh, some of them maybe in day two and day three, but of course nonetheless making some teams. Uh, let's start it off with Le'Veon Bell out of Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, this is a back with his size that has had, historically on Pittsburgh, some bigger backs. Uh, is this a guy that's going to have a pretty big future? Or between maybe Golston from Tampa Bay and then, of course, Deion Sims drafted, uh, which of these three Spartans do you feel maybe will have the biggest impact right away? I think it will be Le'Veon. I think he, he got drafted into the perfect situation. Uh, Mike Tomlin showed a lot of interest in him. Uh, he, he came all the way down to Michigan State to, to meet him face-to-face. Uh, Pittsburgh runs and the style is very similar to what Le'Veon did at Michigan State. 
uh, and they've seen a lot of guys like him before. He's got a good skill set for their offense. So I think Le'Veon will really break out and, and fit in perfectly there in Pittsburgh. Of course, along with Le'Veon Bell, some fellow Spartans were drafted in free agency, uh, well, were actually signed in free agency. Johnny Adams went to Houston, McDonald to New England, and Anthony Rashad White landing with Le'Veon Bell over in Pittsburgh. Uh, I was honestly a little surprised, Josh, that Johnny Adams was not drafted. Uh, I thought, you know, basically with, with what he's been working on in the offseason, uh, uh, and expectedly the fact that this was a late deal, late Saturday night that was made. Uh, did you see Johnny dra- uh, Johnny being drafted like I did, or is this a guy that, uh, with the flux of talent this year uh, at the defensive back position, was this a guy that you may be slated? I thought Johnny would for sure get drafted. It was pretty surprising to me. Uh, this is a guy that was projected first-round pick coming into the year, and, and while I thought at the time those projections were a little bit high, I, I don't think anyone ever thought he would fall to this level. Uh you know, it's it's really amazing, particularly since he, he ran so well at the Combine. Uh, it, his numbers were great. He he did reasonably well at Michigan State. Uh, but for some reason, NFL executives didn't like what they saw, and, and so he went undrafted. But I, I think he'll have a solid NFL career. I really do. Right. And, of course, I mean, we saw some small school cornerbacks get drafted. Uh, you know, from team to team, a lot of teams drafting some small school players based on that ceiling. Uh, but when you compare some of these guys to Johnny Adams, Johnny Adams plays at a Big Ten school. Johnny Adams showed consistent numbers when some of these other guys may not have some of the physical tools that Johnny Adams may have. Now, uh, when you're deciding as a team, Josh, and when you're, of course, as you are reporting as from the state news, you see you see Johnny Adams a, lot, a whole lot more than some of these other players. But is this a typical trend for, for NFL teams to select some of these small school guys? Or, or was it more of just the fact that maybe there was something else that maybe limited him from selecting Johnny Adams? Well, you know, I, I think Johnny has, you know, he, he's never been someone uh, that was particularly uh, easy to talk to in terms of just sort of being able to express clearly what he's thinking. Uh, so I think that that's the type of thing that potentially could hurt him when teams are trying to get a read on you. You know, he, he can't necessarily be, he's not as verbally skilled uh, as, as some other players are, and, and so maybe that could have scared some teams away. But in terms of natural skill and talent, uh, he's, he's very capable there. He makes good plays in the ball. He's got good hands for corner. Uh, so I think, it's, I think he's going to be a guy that really does make a number of plays in the league. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. We've got two callers on the line, but before we get to those callers, I want to finish off with Josh here. Josh, I mean, congratulations first off for graduating Michigan State University uh, after your state news tenure. Uh, I mean, what have what have been some of your best memories? Was it maybe trying to get Johnny Adams to speak out in the locker room? Is it maybe having Tom Izzo uh, 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 basically court you with your analysis of Gary Harris? Uh, my favorite moment probably would be, uh, ironically, I had a opportunity one time to uh, catch an elevator with Mark D'Antonio, and D'Antonio can be a little bit of an intimidating guy sometimes, uh, and we're riding up the elevator, and, and uh, he said, you know, how, how are you doing today? I said, oh, I'm, do- I'm doing all right, and I just looked at him and thought about it and thought about it, and I just said to him right before his press conference, uh, I'm just trying not to piss off Mark D'Antonio today. And he, he thought that was absolutely hilarious. And so that, that's probably my favorite moment of the whole year, getting to have a one-on-one sort of last real genuine moment uh, with Mark D'Antonio. <laughs> absolutely. That, that, honestly, I mean, yeah, of course, with Mark D'Antonio, with asking for next questions from Mark D'Antonio, uh, maybe being 
you know, you know, a man of few words in interview in press conferences. I could definitely see that. But I mean, what did he say back to you? Besides, did he just chuckle and give you a little look too, or? He he goes, oh, oh come on, I'm really not that bad. And I said, oh yeah, right. And he goes, <laughs> no, seriously. And then he exits the uh, elevator and turns back and says to me, now make sure you ask me a good question today. Oh, that was pretty uh, funny. yeah, that is fun. I actually remember reading that. But Josh Mansour, I mean, congratulations. What are your next moves after this year, Josh? Uh, well, right now, looking at uh, a number of internships, including uh, one at AnnArbor.com, and uh, possibly looking to uh, move to uh, California once the summer's out. That sounds great. Josh, we're rooting for you here on the Spartan Sports Chat. We've appreciated you joining us over the last year and a half or so. Uh, of course, as far as back as we go, I mean, I mean, surprising that we'd, that we'd both wind up here together. But, man, of course, great to have you, Josh, and best of luck in the future. Same to you, Alex. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Josh Mansour, State News Football Beat Writer, joining us. But let's jump to the phones. So we've got some callers. We've got Elmo from Detroit. Elmo, have you been keeping up with this Lions draft and some of these Spartans that were drafted? Uh, not really. I've been following the NBA, though. The NBA playoffs has been remarkable. Elmo, uh, before we jump to the NBA playoffs, we'll jump to that actually at like 7.30. But for the next five minutes, I mean, the Detroit Lions... They drafted Darius Slay. I mean, this was a cornerback, as Josh was saying, with a meniscus injury that may have been "quote unquote" slated. Uh, no pun intended there. But yeah, I'm not, I wasn't crazy about the Lions draft picks. Why is that? Uh, I think they needed an offensive lineman really, really bad. Well, the one thing that they did is they actually did draft one offensive lineman uh, by the name of Larry Warford from Kentucky. This is a big bruiser, 330-pound guard from Kentucky. Uh, this guy with some great physical tools, uh, a real big offensive guard. But like you said, they still didn't get a tackle. They didn't no. get that Jeff Beck's back as replacement. Now, by drafting and, Warford... And, and Stafford needs the time to throw, and they need to open up the running game to get the passing game in. Gears, so I think they made a big. I, I'm not pleased with the pick they made. Right, but look at it from this way, Elmo. When the Lions were at the board at number at, at number five, Lane Johnson, Luke Jokel, and Eric Fisher were were all gone. If the Lions had any of those three available, any of those three offensive tackles, was that the move you think they should have made? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So at the same time, I mean, you can't really fault them for the move because. There were no offensive tackles left on the board for their for their value. That that's true. That's true. But I still don't think they needed a defensive lineman. I think they needed a safety or cornerback or a linebacker before they they had enough defensive linemen. Right now, now I was a guy that was saying that D. Milliner would be that guy that they would draft. Uh, D. Milliner actually went a little bit later, nine ten, but. This was a guy on a phenomenal 40 time along with Tavon Austin. Uh, this was a guy stood out as probably the best corner, will probably be a, a pro bowler in future years. Uh, I, I mean, I thought this was a playmaker that they absolutely should have had. Well, they didn't draft uh, Milliner, but they went with Darius Slay. They think that maybe he's potential. Was Milliner, was Milliner the guy from Alabama? That's right. But he's injury-prone, wasn't he? <laughs> right. Some Actually, some late news about some injuries with him, so that was why he went a little bit lower. Uh, but, of course, I mean, look at Darius Slate. I mean, he had a meniscus, too. He was just as injured. But, of course, Ansa. But, but Elmo, here's the other thing. Cliff Averill and Vandenbosch are both gone. Yes, they have Mosley. Yes, they signed some some other defensive ends and defensive linemen to, to compensate the loss. But they do need, I mean, not with Ansa and, and, and Mosley and Fairley and Sue. This is probably the best front four with their 4-3 defense in the league. 
Yeah, I agree. But he's he's a project, though. He's, he hasn't had a lot of experience, I don't believe, in football. As they say, he's going to be a project that they have to work to to get into the NFL mold. If so you're a Lions fan... question. Right, right, right. right. Elmo, 517-432-3893 is the number. If you're a Lion fan, if you're listening right now, do you think Ansa's more of a project than a player? Was this guy drafted more on his ceiling rather more than rather more compared to his playmaking ability right now? You could also send us a tweet to at 89FM Sports Chat. We'll be here for another 30 minutes or so on the air. Uh, Elmo, before we get to NFL playoffs, uh, Le'Veon Bell, drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Anthony Rashad White, nose tackle, also signed by them. Do you think, like Josh Hill, have a great career on Pittsburgh? Does he fit this Mike Tomlin mold? Yes, definitely so. Tomlin will have those guys in, in tip-top shape. He'll, you know, he'll get them believing in the Pittsburgh philosophy, and uh, they'll fit in perfect there. Absolutely. Now, alongside with the Detroit Lions uh, and their draft choices at defensive end, uh, they also made a splash at punter by drafting Sam Martin from Appalachian State in the fifth round. Questionable, maybe, because they did sign Havard Ruglin, quote-unquote Kickalicious, who is a YouTube sensation, former soccer player. And they also signed Blake Klingon, the punter, uh, who hasn't played in the NFL as well. So they have a lot of kicking options there. But, of course, Emma, would you have drafted another guy besides a punter? Or what's your philosophy on drafting special teams players in the NFL draft? Um. I'd really have to take a good look at that. I'd have to really see how they did it in the, in the, um, in the you know, in the camps. And uh, if the team, you know, our team, the Lions, they're in desperate need though with with our kicker gone. Right. So I don't think you could just recruit just anybody out there. You got to. That's one of the most key players on a team. And we'll take a look at that when we come back from this short break. Elmo, do you have a few more minutes? As we come back, we'll talk some NBA playoffs. Sure. All right, we'll be back from this quick break here on Impact 89 FM. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap, Mondays from 7 to 8, Impact 89 FM. You're listening to Impact Exposure. just received word of an invasion. Speak quickly, maggot. Is it those Canadians again? I don't know, sir. We've just heard that Monday at 8 p.m. the impact will be invaded. You stupid ninny. That's the Asian invasion. It's the poppiest, catchiest, and all-around toe-tapping his music out of the Korea, Japan, and China. But, sir, I'm no good with Asian dialects. Shut up and listen to the music, private. That catchy beat knows no language barrier. Now move out, everyone. Sir, yes, sir. The Asian invasion. Monday nights from 8 till 10. The impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Thursday nights from 10 until 2 a.m. Listen to the Hours of Power, the scariest and only metal show in the mid-Michigan area. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Chat, Mondays from 7 to 8 right here on Impact 89 FM. If you are in your car, if you cannot listen, if you're outside the, the mid-Michigan area, feel free to stream us live online, www.impact89fm.org. There's a listen live link you can click right there on the right-hand side of the site. But we are joined now by Elmo from Detroit, who has been talking with us about this NFL draft. But we're now going to switch tides real quick because Elmo's been itching to talk about this topic, and it's the NBA playoffs. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, did you project Westbrook and Bryant to go down in that Western Conference. I mean, this just seems like to me, Elmo, that this is the East Conference to lose. 
Oh, no question. No question. When, when Westbrook went down, that, that was it for Oklahoma. They can't win it without him. I mean, Oklahoma can't win. The Lakers can't win. But who else is available in the West to win? I mean, what team besides... Well, you, can't, you can't count the Spurs. They're always there. Duncan, they get the best coach in basketball. But at the Parker, same time, Elmo, that's been the criticism, that they're always there. They haven't made a, a championship run in quite some time in the last couple of years. I mean, this is a Spurs team that many thought to begin the year might be done. That legacy of Ginobili, Parker, and company may be ending. So do they have any shot, Elmo, in your opinion, to be any Eastern Conference team if they do make it to the finals? I, I think they do. I think they do. I think Duncan's uh, a brain and comes to the playoffs. He, he could always come at him down low. I, Miami can't match up with him down at the box. Now, there's uh, one trend I want to bring up to you, Elmo, and that's and and that's continuation. And let me talk to you when I let me explain to you what I'm talking about. If you look at the Detroit Pistons back in 04, 05, when they won that championship, they made it to the playoffs for the last four years after. But did they do anything with it? No, they were always there. They had that same core group of guys, but nothing was done. Let's look at before the Pistons. Let's look at some of the great teams and the Lakers. Let's look at the great Celtics of the 70s. They were there for many years, that same core group. But after their main two years, did they win a championship and then four years later with the same group of guys win another one? No. So that's why I beg to differ, Elmo, if the Spurs can actually beat an Eastern Conference team. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Now, out of the East, of course, there's a very, very intriguing series with with Boston and New York. Now, personally, Elmo, I feel that the winner of the Celtics and Knicks series will be facing the Heat in that final. Uh, Do you see maybe the Bulls facing them otherwise? Do you think maybe the Pacers, the way they've been playing, have a shot? No, I think think you're right. I think it's going to be Boston or New York against the Heat. Yeah, and, the and that's another thing. This right now is the Heat's conference to lose. Sweeping the Bucks, four zip. LeBron James playing phenomenal right now. Maybe might be the best athlete, but another thing to look at is the return of Derrick Rose. I mean, if this guy comes back next round, there are some rumors out there. Does Chicago? Does that propel Chicago to maybe uh, have a maybe a better chance of beating them? I think so. I can't wait till he gets back because uh, the Bulls really need him. Let me read you an article coming out of Bleacher Report, Elmo, real quick before you get off here. And Derek Rose's brother Reggie says that Derek Rose could return in round two. He spoke with the Chicago Tribune via NBC Sports' Roto World. Reggie said that Rose is close to 100% and could return against the Miami Heat. He said, quote, He has been working hard and getting a lot of shots up every day. Most of all, he is getting his mind ready, getting comfortable with his body. I think his mind is probably at a good 90% now. But if you're a championship player, if you're 90%, is that good enough? I ask I, I you. Think, I think, you know, an NBA player, I think they know that they, have to, they, they don't feel comfortable unless they're 100%. But what about Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, some of these great players that have played through injuries, maybe not at 100%. They have different different generations. These guys today aren't like those kind of players. Right, and I'm a little scared because that creates this whole uh, debate on whether a guy is ready or not. Can you sit out for the whole you know part of the season, get your money's worth, and then play in the playoffs? Is that fair? No, I don't think so at all. And it's not fair to the, it's not fair to the team either. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Elmo, thank you for joining us. I'm going to sign you off right here.
All right, thanks for having me. Take care. Elmo from Detroit giving his intake on the NBA playoffs. Great to have him on. But like I said, if you think that it is unfair for Derrick Rose to be sitting here and coming back in Game 2, and if he does come back in Game 2 versus the Miami Heat, do the Chicago Bulls have a chance to beat them? Or is this really the Heat series to lose regardless? 517-432-3893. This is the Spartan Sport Trap here on Impact 89FM. If you're just tuning in, we come Mondays from 7 to 8 p.m., same time, same place. I am your host, Alex Sharg. We have a special guest each week if you just missed us earlier. Josh Mansour, state news reporter, joined us as he caps off his tenure here at Michigan State. He has he has been seeking internships out west, so I'm sure we'll hear from him in the near future. But topics of long conversation today... I mean, wow, the Lions drafting a punter in the fifth round, completing the Havard Ruglin and Blake punter lines. I mean, this Lions team has also drafted some defensive end and on some Devin Taylor out of South Carolina. So, of course, the Lions focusing on some key positions, defensive line, special teams, and then they, of course, draft a cornerback. But one thing that we have not talked about with this Lions draft so far is what they did following the first five rounds. And I'm talking strictly the 6th and 7th rounds. And this is what I'm talking about. The Detroit Lions, with their 7th round pick, one of their last players drafted, is Brandon Hepburn, a linebacker out of Florida A&M, who spent his summer internship killing cancer cells in rats by ejecting copper-loaded nanoparticles that carried medicine. That is a mouthful. This is according to Carlos Monarez from the Detroit Free Press Sports. Uh, he's talking about how Hepburn, a seventh-round player drafted by Florida A&M, is a very smart player, along with being very smart academically in the classroom. Brandon Hepburn, at 6'2 and 240 pounds, led the FAMU Rattlers with 86 tackles last season. But he originally joined FAMU on an academic scholarship and then worked his way onto the team as a tight end walk-on. So like Ansah, has only been playing football for about two years. Uh, Hepburn, the seventh-round pick from Florida A&M, joining this team based on his potential. I mean, he's played little football, but has still led the team in tackles. For me, this seems like the Detroit Lions have drafted players based on potential this year. Do you think that that is a right approach to go at if you're this Detroit Lions team? Would you be comfortable drafting players that have not played football for very long? Can can an NFL player succeed with with little experience in football? Or is this something that you'll have to, at the age of eight years old, have that dream and have that passion and spend hours and hours of practicing to be a consistent player in this league? I personally am not so sure that you can do that if you're Brandon Hepburn or or Isaac Ilansa. But 517-432-3893 is the number. We are also taking your tweets at 89FM Sports Wrap. So feel free to tweet at us any time of the week. So a lot of students right now are studying for finals. So it's not really a, a well-listened show today just because of everything going on with students. But we do have some listeners outside of the mid-Michigan area, as Elmo just called them from Detroit, and Josh Mansour joining us earlier on the show. But just a quick lineup before we cap off the last show of the semester. We'll still be going on during the summer, but for the last school uh, spring semester show, uh, let me give you what's going to be uh, what's going to be happening in the last twenty minutes. Uh, 
at 7.40. So right now, we'll get into the last couple picks from the Detroit Lions. At 7.43, we'll get into some Detroit Red Wings playoff coverage. We'll then get to the Detroit Tigers performance this weekend with the sweep over Atlanta. And we'll also talk a little bit more about the NBA playoffs. And then at 7.55, we have our Goon of the Week. And of course, right before the Goon of the Week ends, we have our producer who's been with us for many years, Dylan who is actually ending his last show producing for us today. A very sad day on the Spartan Sports Wrap. But when we talk about the Detroit Tigers, I hope this is okay, Dylan. I want to get you on here with some opinion on what you've been seeing from the Tigers this past weekend. want to get you more on the air as you spent many years behind the glass. And, I mean, even if – I mean, Dylan, I mean, have you been keeping up with this NFL draft? I mean, do you have any comments on the – no? All right. Well, well, we'll get Dylan's opinions on this Detroit Tigers performance too uh, with his analysis sitting behind the glass many years, hearing all the chatter about the Detroit Tigers. But before we get to that, let's talk about the last couple picks for the Detroit Lions. So, yes, Brandon Hepburn, the chemist out of FAMU. Uh, Does this brainiac have any chance of making this team? Better yet, does this guy... What was Brandon Hepburn drafted to be a special teams player? Is his only role and only chance basically on special teams? Because... If you look at what he's all about as a person, you look at how smart this guy is, what he's done in the classroom. I mean, this guy's been asked if he's going to be curing cancer. He he responded, no, uh, not, not really laughing. But, I mean, this is a guy that I personally feel is there to be on special teams with the linebacking core that the Lions have. And the skills that this guy still has to, um, you know, develop, I'm not so sure if he can really develop those tools uh you know, in his first couple of years. So 517-432-3893, what is your take on the Brandon Hepburn selection? And alongside with him, uh, I want to hear your uh, opinions on some of the other Lions pick, like Sam Martin from Appalachian State, who is a punter drafted in the fifth round. I mean, the Lions signed Havard Ruglin. They have David Akers there kicking. Now they have Blake Klingon. They have a couple other guys that are trying out on this team. Uh, kicking and punting. So what's the strategy here, boys? Are, are you not that confident with your kickers and punters? Do we have to try out a fair amount? Is this, you, is this pretty regular for teams to, you know, to sign a plethora of different punters and kickers? I like where they're going. I like that they're, you know, they're, they're trying to find, you know, that ideal, maybe diamond in the rough punter or kicker. But, I mean, wow. Wow. Wasting a draft pick. I mean, maybe it's not even wasting. A fifth-round pick. Uh, where you maybe could sign a punter in the offseason. I mean, how good is this San Martin guy? I mean, this is an Appalachian State that, of course, uh, historically in Division Two has made a splash. This is an Appalachian State team that has beat Denard Robinson. I mean, uh, that has beat Denard Robinson in the University of Michigan. But how good will San Martin be from scouting? I mean, sure, this guy is one of the top punters at the combine. His numbers show 50 yards a punt. Sure, he can play. But is it worth wasting a fifth-round selection on a Detroit Lions team that still have offensive tackle holes? I'm not so sure. Send us a tweet. Give us a call. 517-432-3893. Last show of the spring semester here at MSU. But we'll be here for the summer. But we want to hear from you on the Detroit Lions draft. Uh, Alongside with the Detroit Lions, we talked about the Spartans that were drafted earlier. Uh, Johnny Adams signed as a free agent with the Houston Texans. A little bit of a, a surprise that he wasn't drafted. Uh, alongside with Johnny Adams, Chris McDonald, Anthony Rashad White also signed. 
Uh, but Larry Caper still uh, looking to make a splash, and he, he has not been signed yet. So we'll see what happens with him and even Dan Conroy, who uh, was a bit of a disappointment this year as a Michigan State Spartan. Uh, but moving on now, uh, besides for the NBA playoffs, as we had Elmo on here earlier, uh, let's talk about the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, man, oh, man, this team coming from three games back with four games remaining, uh, and they make a splash. I mean, they're facing the Anaheim Ducks, keeping the streak alive, 22 straight years of playoff runs. But, I mean, this is a Red Wing team that has had its woes. This is a Red Wing team this year uh, that probably with the way they've been playing offensively, you know, they've had that Zetterberg Datsu crew. They know what it takes to, you know, compete in playoffs. But, I mean, Dylan, do you have any intake on the Detroit Red Wings and their playoff run? I mean, how good will this Red Wing team be this year in the playoffs? There we go. I'm going to turn my mic on. How about that? Ah, thank you so much. Uh, they've had a problem, obviously, all season. I'm going to say part of it's due to the shortened season that they had thrown at them all of a sudden. So that's kind of, you know, they got the short end of the stick there. But so did everybody. So they've had right, that. Right. And, and of course, everybody did. Everyone has that short season. But what other holes, what other problems has this Red Wing team had? I mean, let's look at it defensively. Let's look at the loss of Lidstrom. Let's look at the fact that, yes, Cronwell has stepped in in a big way. Yes, they did not land a great defender in the offseason. But, I mean, they're very young in the defensive end. I mean, you pretty much said it. Let's look at the loss of Lindstrom. I mean, that's kind of a big thing there. So, Yeah, no, that's a great point. 517-432-3893, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but, I mean, yes, would I have loved to see Detroit play Chicago? Maybe as an eighth seed? Of course. It'd be great to see the young versus the old. It'd be great seeing, you know, that consistent, uh, that new talk of Chicago running the West. Yes, it'd be great to see if Detroit can fend off the foes in the President's Cup trophy champions. But, I mean, do do, do the Detroit Red, do the Detroit Red Wings have a better chance of succeeding in the playoffs against Anaheim? Absolutely. I mean, if you'd rather face Chicago against Anaheim, you'd probably want to see a more entertaining matchup in Chicago. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dylan, but I think Anaheim may not be as strong as Chicago. Yeah, I mean, they've obviously made a comeback here, and they know what they got to do to hopefully keep it going, and I hope they just keep riding this train all the way through playoffs. And we'll just have to wait and see. But alongside with the Detroit Red Wings, the Detroit Tigers basically silencing analysts, silencing fans that have been downing them so far this year, and Dylan's been waiting to get to this. Uh, but, man, I mean, the Detroit Tigers sweeping the first place Atlanta Braves this weekend. Uh, I mean, wow. I-, I was pretty shocked about that. I mean, 3-8 to eight on Sunday, 4-7 to seven on Saturday, and then 10-0 on Friday with Honorable Sanchez with 17 strikeouts. Wow. I mean, sure, we knew this guy had potential, but 17 with a franchise record. I mean, did you catch the game? I didn't. I had my sister texting me updates the whole time because I was at work at my other job, and she was like, are you watching this? Uh, sadly, I didn't get a chance to see the history that Sanchez made. But Yeah, and there was one part of this weekend that really capped it off for me, and it was the return of Jose Papa Grande himself, Valverde. I mean, yes, of course, last postseason, this guy was a face you never wanted to see back in this city. This guy was a face that you wanted to see yelled off the face of the earth. I get it. I, we get it. I mean, this guy basically ruined the postseason and that World Series potential championship. But this is a Papa Grande Jose Valverde that's a little more composed. He's, he's a changed a, man. He's got a new look in the beard. I mean, he's got maybe a more controlled 
you know, a more controlled splitter. I mean, yes, this was a splitter at the beginning of the year that was top-notch, maybe best in the league, but in the postseason. I mean, this was a guy that couldn't locate his pitches for the best of him. But now this weekend, two saves. Uh, you know, the last, the second game, I mean, I mean, he struck two, you know, he struck a batter out. I mean, this is a guy that can still pitch. It's not like guys were hitting off of him pretty hard. Sure, he got a pop-up or two, but, I mean, this guy may be a consistent closer for the team. Oh, man, I've missed him, sadly. I mean, I, I remember talking about this at the end of the last year with you guys, and uh, he obviously did not show up in the playoffs. And I think it was just he was coming off of his perfect season that everybody talked about. He had, I don't remember the exact number, how many saves, 50-something, ridiculous number of saves. Perfect season, didn't blow a single one. And he had a hot head. I don't think he put in the work in the offseason required to maintain that sort of consistency. He let it slip. It showed in the playoffs, and then when we didn't re-sign him, that was a huge you know, shock, I'm sure. And I, he went down to play in the Dominican Republic, and we went back down and found him when, oh no, poor Phil Coke hurt himself. Man, <laughs> do I, I'm going to be missing him. Yeah, along with poor Phil Coke, I mean, this bullpen has shaped up. I mean, this was the, probably the biggest weakness at the beginning of the year, as we saw that first week of games when we saw all the runs giving up, even Albuquerque. But now we see this bullpen, and this bullpen is coming together. I mean, if you're a Detroit Tiger fan and you're looking at this bullpen right now after this Atlanta Braves series, do you not worry about acquiring a relief pitcher? If you're a Detroit Tiger fan, do you not worry about acquiring or, or basically even training away a smiley? Are you not going to give away one of our six pitchers that could start? Are you comfortable with the tools that we have? I'd love to hear from you. 517-432-3893. But Dylan, I mean, is this an area of focus? at relief pitching, that maybe you're going to keep as a Tiger fan? The, not at the beginning of the year, I didn't think so, but I really think they're going to show up. I'm excited about the rest of the... I've been excited about this season the whole time. I, it's been such a long winter, man. I've missed baseball so much. Right. And let's look at some of the other options. Luke Pekonen, 1-0, 1.17 ERA in 16 strikeouts for the Mudheads. Evan Reed, who the Tigers picked off waivers, 3 0.00 ERA, 18 strikeouts in 12 innings for Toledo. So they've got some relievers that can come up and pitch. Maybe it won't be as, as successful at the major league level. But they do have some weapons down there at AAA Toledo that they can move up if they don't want to make any trades, if they don't want to go off waiver wire and try to acquire a guy to step in right away. So we'll get. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But Dylan, along with your Tigers analysis, I mean, I want to hear your analysis. I mean, you've been here for how many years now? Two, three years? Yeah, I've been involved in the Impact for three, three and a half years now. And you've been engineering this show for how long? This is my second year. I've been engineering the show for two years now, yeah. So you've seen it with Dave and Megan. Before I before I came on board last summer, I mean, what's been some of your what's been your best memory here engineering all these years, man? Wow, uh, I think the transition time between them leaving and you coming in, there were so many people over there in that studio at one time. There was you, and there was another prospect, and for a co-host for you, so there'd be four or five people over there at one time, and it was really interesting hearing all you guys' different opinions. Absolutely. Well, alongside with all the different prospects, let me explain to you listening if you're just tuning in. If you would like to get involved with the Spartan Sport Trap, and actually, if you'd like to get involved with Impact Sports, let me tell you how to do that. We are currently evolving the sports program here at Impact 89FM. This show right here is going to be changing its format very soon. Throughout the summer, it will stay the Spartan Sport Trap, and uh, hopefully we'll get to change it to a new format very soon. I don't want to give you any clues on what that format will be. 
yet. But the Impact Sports program is growing and looking for new members. Uh, if you are interested in joining the Impact program, come to the basement of Holden Hall, express your Impact Sports interest, fill out an application, and tell the directors and those at the desk why you want to be involved with Impact Sports. Uh, so come down to the basement of Holden Hall, uh, send, uh, fill out a quick little application, talk to someone at the desk on why you want to be involved, and you'll quickly see the Impact Sports program growing and basically evolving here at Michigan State University. Uh, but Dylan, yes, of course, the memories of seeing everyone in here. I mean, any guests in particular that you really enjoyed hearing? I mean, being a sport or Tigers fan, I enjoyed talking to Dan Dickerson. That was pretty cool. Absolutely. Dan actually was here about a month ago this semester. I think, did we have him last semester? I'm not so sure. I don't believe so, actually. I think we just got a hold of him while he was still down in spring training just a little bit ago. Right, and Dan expressing how this time last year was not nearly as warm, uh, is it uh, nearly as cold as it was this year. And, of course, Dan giving his intake on what to expect this year from Tiger players. Uh, so, yes, Dan Dickerson joined us here on the Spartan Sports Shop. We'll have way more guests, a whole new uh, series of different guests as the year moves on. Uh, here at Impact 89 FM. I'm Alex Shog, Spartan Sports Trap, right here on Impact 89 FM. We're here every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m., same time, same place. Uh, like I said, uh, we are changing, but that doesn't leave the legacy that Dylan Jerome has left here as a producer. I mean, Dylan. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, besides for yes, you, you talked to Dan Dickerson, that was cool, um, you know, from David and Megan. Uh, what are your plans after this year? What, what are you up to? Well, um, I'm probably going to be looking at different radio positions around closer to my hometown. I'm from about an hour and a half, uh, an hour north of here, uh, Elma and Mount Pleasant area. So, so hopefully I can find a station up there who will have me do either this or on-air stuff. So Dylan Jerome, if you want to hear more of his production, uh, be on the lookout somewhere maybe up north towards back home for him and his radio future. Uh, if you are from that northern Michigan area, Dylan Jerome might be in your face in years to come. So uh, keep your ears open. So, of course, alongside with the Detroit Tigers and their relief pitching, and alongside with the departing of Dylan Jerome, uh, very sad day. We will be having probably a new producer in uh, future weeks, so I'll be looking forward to having him on with us. But just real quickly, before we cap off the show, there's something that we like to do within the last five minutes of the show, and it goes a little something like this. Goon of the Week. That's right, it's the Goon of the Week here in the Spartan Sports Shop, and each week we pick someone who is a little bit goofy, a little bit zany, a little bit standing out in the media, and this week it's very, very new, breaking news of today, that Jason Collins, the 34-year-old center, has actually, and, and, and this actually is not the Goon, I'll tell you who the Goon is in a minute and why, but this is the relation. Uh, Jason Collins came out today and talked about that he, uh, well, basically not only the fact that he uh, is coming out as gay, but he is actually making a statement that he uh, he is the exactly the first NBA player to come out uh, and and basically express uh, homosexuality. So that that's that's a pretty big deal. I mean, throughout the many years of NBA bas- uh, of NBA basketball, and. I mean, the big thing about that is what effect will this have on the sport? I mean, are we going to see, you know, more players coming out alongside with Jason Collins? Are more players currently hiding it, Dylan? Uh, I mean, I'm not in a position to make any sort of guess like that. Yeah, I mean, but I think this, this definitely, you know, creates a degree of, comf- of, comf- of, of, I mean, of comfort. Yeah, it's good that someone's able to 
to be themselves in that way. So that's really cool. And I hope that for all sports, that people are able to go out and play and represent who they are. Right. And of course, he's coming out and saying he thinks this was the right thing to do. Uh, that, uh, I mean, at 34 years old, uh, I mean, if this is what I, I just want to read you what Jason said. Uh, you know, why am I coming out now? Well, I started thinking about this in the 2011 during the NBA player lockout. I'm a creature of routine. When the regular season ends, I immediately dedicate myself to getting game ready for the opener of the next campaign in the fall. But the lockout wrecked havoc on my habits and forced me to confront who I really am and what I really want. With the season delayed, I trained and worked out, but I lacked the distraction that basketball had always provided. So, yes, maybe the lockout and maybe the changing game of basketball had some effect on Jason Collins. Now, who is this Goon of the Week, and why does Jason Collins have anything to do with this? Well, let me tell you that along with Jason Collins, there is a player by the name of Mike Wallace. Yes, the Miami Dolphins wide receiver uh, who they signed this offseason. But Mike Wallace uh, pretty much had some... uh, some very strange tweets, and let me tell you what those tweets are. Mike Wallace, uh, in stream of Jason Collins coming out and admitting his homosexuality, he tweeted the following. Uh, and, and this, when I first saw it, I looked at it, and I tried to maybe see it from his view. I tried to see what he was talking about. Uh, but then I looked at it again, and I just, I really don't understand. Uh, I mean, for a player to, to basically... Tweet the following things is just so cruel. And this is what he said. And and listen to this very, very carefully. Quote, all these beautiful women in the world and guys want to mess with other guys. SMH. So, first of all, he's basically saying that he doesn't understand homosexuality and how there are so many beautiful girls in the world and how someone could basically like other guys. Shaking my head, he says. But then, 20 minutes later, the tweets were deleted, and he was scared running. Now, Mike Wallace, of course, he's probably going to come out and say that he did not mean to say any of these things in a negative connotation. Of course, Jason, uh, of Mike Wallace did not mean to say that he does not stand with homosexuality, but he just doesn't understand, with all the beautiful women in the world, how someone can, how someone can be attracted to the other guys. So, I mean, after hearing these tweets, Dylan, is this pretty alarming to you? I mean, he doesn't have to understand it by any means, but he doesn't need to, he shouldn't feel the need to say anything about it either. Yeah, I mean, that's a debate. 517-432-3893, we have a minute left, so if you want to call in real quickly, you can. But also feel free to send us a tweet. Do you agree with Mike Wallace's tweets? I mean, how absurd was this? Uh, we want to hear from you before we end the show. But with a minute uh, with a minute remaining, I want to say thank you to Dylan Jerome. We have the Asian Evasion coming up right here at 8 p.m. I think it's pre-recorded. Uh, I'm not so sure, but we do have the Asian Invasion with Elise uh, coming up right after this. But on today's show, of course, we capped off some NFL draft coverage, some MSU Spartans, and a little, about, a little bit about the Detroit Tigers' performance this past weekend. But next week, we'll be back same time, same place, Monday from 7 to 8 p.m., as we'll talk about a new plethora of topics 
probably in the among the among the likes of Michigan State football, as we do not get at, get into that today, and Michigan State baseball and softball as the Big Ten playoffs and championship series continues in the next couple weeks. Again, I'm Alex Sharg. I'm here same time, same place, Mondays from 7 to 8. A congratulations and a farewell to Dylan Jerome, who's been with us for the last two years, engineering the Spartan Sports Trap, and basically producing with the impact for many years. But Dylan, I mean, any final words before you get off the air? I mean, I'm a little hungry. <laughs> hungry maybe for a job. Hungry basically because he <laughs> yeah, maybe that. wants to come back and produce more. But we're going to miss you, Dylan. Thanks for your commitment over the years to Impact. Well, I appreciate the acknowledgement there, man. Again, I'm Alex Shark. I'll be back next Monday, same time, same place, right here on Impact 89FM. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.